Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, this is NFL legend, two time Super Bowl champion, Gary Clark. You know what you got to tune into, right? You know what podcast is off the chain. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Burgundy Network Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. We have a special episode for y'all tonight. As always, I am your host, Josh Taylor, holding it down here in Virginia. And my co-host, he's over in enemy territories this week. Brian, what's going on, man? What's up, man? Yeah, the Washington football team coming down to Atlanta, so I'm excited to not have to travel very far to go see my team. It's not usual that uh, I get to do that, so I'm excited. So excited for this weekend. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about this. I feel like it's like more two-on-one. I got two Atlanta guys here with the <laughs> uh, you know Northern Virginia guy, but joining us on this very special episode, former Falcons wide receiver and 680 The Fan Sports Talk radio host of The Locker Room, Brian Finneran. What's going on, Brian? Not much, Josh. You guys doing all right? Listen, by the way, it's not two on one. That guy's that guy's Washington football team through and through. I guess. So, yeah, you know don't worry about a double team tonight, brother. Hey, it's all right. You know our quarterback's an Atlanta guy too. We'll talk about this. This is going to be called the Hot Atlanta Homecoming with uh, Taylor Heineke going down to Georgia. But guys, as always, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online, and it's Week Four, so that means you've missed out on four weeks of betting action with crazy stuff that's been going down, like the Justin Tucker field goal, which uh, saved my bank account a lot of money. Uh, but guys, it's okay because Bet Online has you as the number one source of all your betting needs this season with the new updated site, more odds, props, and contests. Bet Online is the way to go. It just keeps getting better. And better. All you have to do is go to the uh, website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus with the promo code NFL100. That's NFL100. And sign up today and start winning some money with those bets I throw out on Twitter. They hit most of the time. I'm not responsible for anything you lose. Like, don't skip your phone bill or anything like that. But, guys, bet online, your online sports book experts. And speaking of experts, Brian is here to give us a little bit of information on the Falcons on how exactly Washington can get this win. So first question I got for you is, you know, obviously it's it's the fan base is burning down already over here. You know, we're week four. The fan base is ready to go to the draft. I'm curious what Atlanta kind of feels like with the media and the fan base right now with the performance of the team, you know, expectation wise. How's it going down there in Atlanta? It's interesting. I'm going to go to the game on Sunday. Uh, Murph Dog, will you be there? Oh, yeah, for sure. OK, cool. So I think we'll get a better vibe for how this team and this city is feeling about this squad on, on Sunday. I'm going to go two tailgates, 680 The Fan. Our radio show has a big tailgate. And then I got an appearance for the Falcons in the Home Depot backyard as well, closer to game time. So I think walking around and talking to different fans, I'll get a good idea of where everybody's mind's at. Early on, it was, it was doom and gloom. It was to get your ass kicked like we did by Philadelphia was an embarrassment. And I didn't think Philadelphia was a very good team, and they're starting to prove that to just about everybody. Um, so uh, the fan base, um, I hate to say it, but it feels like they may be somewhat disinterested so far. Maybe the win in New York last week gets more people excited about this team. And the fact that you play Washington, um, New York Jets, and Miami – uh, in consecutive games gives you an opportunity to get your get your fan base back in order. 
Yeah, so, it's funny because go, – oh, go ahead, Ryan. I was going to say, that kind of takes me to, to my question about the fan base, honestly. And, uh, you know, would a win – do they feel like these these wins aren't, you know, big, Do you know, against these bad teams, or will they take a win whenever they can get them? No, no, no. I did a – a win is a win is a win in the NFL any way you can get it. And it doesn't matter if you're Jacksonville or Houston or the New York Giants or the Atlanta Falcons. You find a way to win in the NFL, 17-14, any way, shape, and form, you can find a way to win. It's a huge deal in the NFL because they're super hard to come by. Everything, for the most part, has to go right. The ball has to bounce your way. So um, one and two, with the, with the schedule that we have coming, coming up, we feel pretty good about where we're at. So I just remember before the season started, the feel for Atlanta, it seemed like going into the draft, it was. It seemed like everyone was kind of giving up on Matt Ryan. They're like, oh, they're going to get Justin Fields. You know, are they going to get that quarterback? Is it time for him to like move on? With his performance so far, how do you think he's really handled it and then shown it on the field coming up to this point? Are you referring to Matt Ryan? Yeah, Matt Ryan. Um, it's interesting because Matt's dealing with a lot. He's dealing with a really young, inexperienced offensive line. Um, that could come into play on Sunday as well. Uh, some Julio Jones is gone, who's a stalwart for 10 and 11 years. So now Calvin really has to step in. So Matt's kind of dinking and dunking and, and being safe with the football. I really do think Arthur Smith, the head coach slash offensive coordinator, has had a tough time feeling out play calling for whatever reason. Um, the personnel groups that he's throwing out there. It's a little strange so far. So we're all having kind of a tough time kind of um, feeling what they're doing and, and where they're heading. It's a it's a big question mark right now. And I think Washington and New York, the next two weeks will tell you a lot about the Falcons and what they're capable of. Well, yeah. piggy, piggybacking off of that, what about Kyle Pitts? I feel like we see him out there sometimes and then there are stretches where it doesn't seem like they're – looking at him at all is that a gel thing is that a feel thing or is that a rookie that's not quite up to speed it's a great question and i think it's all the above i think it's a rookie that's thinking too much when he's running routes it was cool because i saw him run a route early in the game he had like a we call it an under route it's like five yards up and in towards the football and he kind of rounded his route and it looked like he was freaking jogging and it looked like he was lost almost and he just you cannot run routes like that in the NFL and be successful. And then in the fourth quarter, do or die, um, we're 14-14. We just got the ball back. He's in a bunch set on the right-hand side of the formation, and he runs. He jabs inside hard, goes straight up. He's almost at full speed, like seven, eight yards into his route, and runs a corner route, and he's wide-ass open. Matt hits him for a 25-yard gainer that helps set up the game-winning field goal. And that's what I expect from him. Mm-hmm. all the time, but you're just not going to get it yet because he's not experienced enough. I mean, me as a rookie, number one, I got cut in Seattle. Didn't even make a football team. I had to go to Europe and play football. And then I came back to Philadelphia, still didn't know how the hell to play football or special teams and, and really understand what it was all about. So it takes time for guys like him that are more athlete than like football player, I guess you could say, is what was my, was my take on him. So I think – over the next few weeks, with more wins and more confidence and more belief in what he's capable of doing, you'll see him kind of um, grow into a better football player and you'll see Matt target him more. 
I'll say that sounds a lot like a linebacker we have with Jamin Davis, who only got really one real season at Kentucky, and it's been the same thing, just a raw athlete guy, kind of just learning the ins and outs of football. Um, I'm glad you brought up the offense because I feel like Atlanta's offense, I just have a good feel for it. But I look at it on paper, and I'm like, I just I don't really see what the identity is. Obviously, you know, like you said, Calvin Ridley, huge Calvin Ridley fan, as you can tell, with the Alabama flag. Nice. I think he's one of the more underrated route runners in the league, and I think he's uh, poised to kind of you know get that next step. But you look at Cordell Patterson as a running option, also as a receiving guy, and then Mike Davis. I feel like they're two complete opposite guys. How is the run game really looking, and, and how does it really work with Cordell Patterson being both in the run game and the passing game as the second leading receiver right now? Yeah, well, he's doing it out of the backfield. So he's not like lining up a receiver. He's literally he's literally a running back. He's just that fast. He's just that quick and fast. And he's, had, he's 225, 230-pound, 6'3", running back. So he's built, too. But he's got still got some explosion, still got some burst, and he has no fear – with the ball in his hand. Some guys you see like tap their feet or slow down before contact. He just kind of just hits it and goes, um, which is, I think is good for, for uh, Mike Davis. Cause you kind of have like a two different types of backs. With that said, until the offensive line really comes together and starts getting up on different levels and blocking linebackers and staying on their blocks. I think they have a really tough time sustaining their blocks. That's one problem with our O-line. They can make contact, but it's like they'll get thrown off or they'll get swam or whatever. So it's made it really tough on the run game. I think our longest run of the year might be 15 yards. Mm. And you don't, you don't, you don't threaten defenses when you, when you don't have explosive runs. So that's part of the reason Kyle Pitts hasn't been super effective because people can play cover two. They can have like a shell over the top and let their linebackers in front four deal with the run game because it's not that explosive and you don't have any problems. So it all is encompassing and um, so far hasn't been great for the Falcons. And I agree with you. I don't know what the identity of the offense is yet with Arthur Smith. And I don't think anybody does. And we'll, we'll just see what happens moving forward. It, it feels like, you know, we get excited, you know, at least I was excited hearing Arthur Smith coming from Tennessee, seeing what he did with all of those guys. But it, it kind of looks like, obviously, he's missing a Derrick Henry. But I think the running game seems so big in what he wants to do. Like, right. you know, you'd love for Matt Ryan to sit back there and toss it around. But with no threat of the run, I mean, it's kind of hard to do that. No, it's impossible. And the, the, the worst part about this Falcons team, and we're kind of – we're programmed to see and believe certain things. Like, what we do is let – um, Jalen Hurts be the um, NFL Player of the Week, and we let Teddy Bridgewater, when he was in Carolina, come in here and be NFL Player of the Week, and we let uh, whatever scrub quarterback come in here and be MVP of the Week, offensive NFL Offensive Player of the Week in the NFC, and it's just super frustrating. So it scares me this week because you got a defensive line in Washington that's been super touted. But dudes from Alabama and Chase Young from Ohio State and uh, whoever else, and you're just waiting for them to explode and have a huge game, and it really hasn't happened yet. And God forbid, on Sunday, our offensive line lets them become who they think they are, which is really par for the course for the Falcons, which is what, ha what happens a lot. So we're scared of that for sure. But we just got to wait and see what happens. I, I, I got to tell you, we're, Washington fans are feeling the same way. We, we yeah. felt like – 
you know, Daniel Jones doesn't play football until he plays Washington and he yep. plays out of his mind. And then last week with Josh Allen, you know, he really didn't look like Josh Allen all season long. And of course, against Washington, he drops five touchdowns. So right. I think there's a little bit of both of that on both sides. Like sure. I think Washington fans in the back of their mind are kind of thinking, oh, my God, is this where Matt Ryan gets back to 2016, 2017, Matt Ryan. So there's a little bit of both of that on both sides. So we're kind of both feeling uneasy about this. Yeah, I got Calvin Ridley in my fantasy team, and I'm <laughs> playing him. I mean, it's just – it is what it is. Until he showed me something different, I'm going to keep riding with the other team's offenses. Um, So speaking of defense, let's talk about Atlanta's defense real quick. A.J. Terrell, one of the more talented corners on the team. I'd say there's a few studs. Um, Obviously, uh, Grady Jarrett, Deion Jones is one of the more underrated linebackers. I really like him a lot. Um, but AJ Charlie's kind of he's been banged up. I think he's been in concussion protocol, right? That's right. So how's he looking for this week? Big news out of our camp today. Ben St. Juice, one of our corners, is in concussion protocol. Don't know how that's gonna look. Yeah. But, but how's AJ looking? So AJ made a play, an unbelievable athletic play on a um, he was playing cover two. He dropped back. I think they tried to both throw the ball against Tampa Bay to Antonio Brown down the sideline in cover two. And he dropped back. And he, and he kind of sank towards Antonio and he leaps up, you know, a couple of feet off the ground and smacks the ball away. And then when he fell, instead of like tucking and rolling, he literally just smacked the side of his head against the turf and got a concussion. But that was two weeks ago. It sounds like he's cleared concussion protocol. He's practicing this week. It'll be a big pickup. It was interesting because TJ Green, I think it is, for the Falcons, who I watched in training camp and was really impressed with, started and played every single snap for the Falcons at cornerback position, struggled a little bit, gave up a go route on a beautifully thrown ball by Daniel Jones. Uh, but for the most part, did a great job, was not scared to get in there. So I think it helped this team build some depth, but having AJ Terrell back in the lineup will be huge for this team. And I think he'll be back this week. So like I said, I know, I know of a couple of guys on the Falcons, but if there's like one underrated guy that's not getting enough attention that you think could surprise some Washington fans, like who the heck is this guy and why is he making plays against us on Sunday? Do you have like one guy who you're kind of favorite in that not a lot of people know about? Uh, what side of the ball are you thinking about? Does it matter? Just deep. Uh, I'd say defense. defense? Yeah. Defense? Someone, like, that's someone that can make Taylor Heineke a little, little upset. On yeah, I'm telling you. I was impressed with TJ Green. They've moved uh, Isaiah Oliver around a little bit. He's really kind of coming to his own in the nickel and dime situation and uh, played a little safety as well. So Isaiah Oliver, um, not many people in the NFL in general, especially when Washington know much about our guy Foye uh, Aluakon. Mm-hmm. Um, they moved him to the Mike backer. So he's literally now he took over, really took over for Dion Jones. He's a bigger body athlete than Dion. And now Foye calls the plays in the huddle in the defensive huddle, gets everybody set. And now you have um, Deion Jones, more of a freelance type will linebacker that can really run and, and get to different positions. I've seen I've seen Deion Jones literally get manhandled by guards that get up on him right away. It's really sad to watch sometimes, but he's just so undersized. He's 6'2", maybe, 6'1", 225 pounds. And when an unblocked guard, an uncovered guard gets up, on him in the second level, he doesn't stand a chance. So now if you move him to the will, now there's more guys in front of him. He can, he can move, he can play. So keep an eye on Foyer, uh, number 54. I think he's been doing some really good things. He uh, led the league team in tackles last week with 14 against the Giants. Again, 
Uh, kid out of Yale, super smart football player with the athleticism you want at linebacker. I think he he forces a lot of fumbles too, doesn't Dude, he? it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. He has this weird and to me bothersome technique <laughs> where he comes up and he, it could be it could be a guy running with a football um, and nobody else is hanging on him. And instead of trying to make a tackle, he'll literally punch through the football. Peanut punch. Peanut Tillman. Yeah. Yeah, the peanut punch. Exactly right. But Peanut at least was smart about it. Like usually when Peanut did it, it was like a rip from behind or somebody else had the kid wrapped up and Peanut would come and do it. Foyer at times will like totally ignore tackling the dude and try to punch the football. I was like, what the frick are you doing, man? There was a running back for BYU that did that uh, against Arizona State like last week in college football. They got picked off, and he's just like chasing the guy down the sideline. He jumps on his back, and he's just like, yacht, and knocked it out of his hand, like saving a pick six. I saw it. It was great. Yeah, I loved it. I was like, I, that's the kind of guy you want on your team. Yeah. I was just looking. He forced four fumbles uh, last year. Last alone. year. I think he's already got one this year. Yeah, um, he does. But sticking with the defense, I know that they have a couple of veterans that, you know, Fowler, I think this is what his second year there, Dante Fowler, um, but then also Harmon in the secondary. So those are a couple of veterans that have played significant snaps for other teams. And Harmon probably has played in a Super Bowl with the Patriots. Uh, How have those guys been and have they added to this defense or is it still kind of a gelling thing? So the defense really looked really good against the Giants, which – I don't know. The Giants put up 29 points against, against the Washington uh, football team. So maybe that was what you want. <laughs> That's exactly right. So we held them to 14. The defense has slowly improved, and the offense has put the defense in some terrible situations. I mean, I think Tampa Bay had drives of 18 yards, 43 yards, and 40 yards when we lost to Tampa Bay two weeks ago. So just think about what the, how much stress you put on your defense when – your punter sucks um, that game, and you turn the ball over a couple of times, and, and, and it's brutal. So um, I think they'll do all right and, uh, and make some stuff happen. I think they're growing. Jerron Harmon so far, he, I haven't seen him blow a coverage. I haven't seen him make a big play, so just kind of whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else did you say? Fowler. Uh, and it, oh, he, he, kind of, he has two sacks right now. He yeah, sticks out because he's wearing number six. He's wearing number six, which is weird. So he I might stick it. out because of that. But It is super weird. But <laughs> guy was terrible last year, and this year he's playing with more fire and more energy. In the last two games, he got two strip sacks, big-time strip sacks that have impacted football games. So More than Chase Jones. <laughs> there you go. I know. <laughs> Sorry, crazy. guys. That's true. I, I, What's I really going on with your defensive line, by the way? What the hell? Um, Jonathan Allen's playing phenomenal. Dron Payne's getting a lot of pressure, and I did a video last night of – I feel like a lot of people have figured out like Chase Young's techniques and he's just like bull rushing outside and the tackle is just kind of like letting momentum take him outside. He has no counter moves. He has no like hand fights. He is not like, like last year he was like pushing the tackles back into the quarterback and kind of like suffocating him. This year he's just going around the outside and Josh Allen's like, all right, one step up, boom, wide open touchdown. So, I mean, people have been agreeing with me. I thought I was going to get a lot of backlash for dropping that video, but no, people are like, yeah, he needs to mix it up. Like, people are watching his tapes. When you're the face of a defense, people watch you specifically and say, what does he do? And this is a good way to counter. So hopefully this week uh, we can get some uh, sacks going, call some turnovers because we aren't doing that at all. But let's talk about Heineke real quick before we get into our uh, last segment. Obviously, being that Atlanta kid, what's the feel like? Like, 
does Elena still got love for Heineke or is it kind of like a now nah, he plays for them kind of thing now? Or what's it feel like around there? Uh, I, to be honest, um, Heineke played at Collins Hill, which is out OTP outside the perimeter. That's where I went. Um, I don't know if you knew that. I went to high oh, school. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Well, it's a terrible school, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's a good school. Exactly. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just joking. So he did a great job there and obviously had a nice career in college and now parlayed that into a starting job in the NFL. So kudos to um, Taylor Heineke. I think you'll see a nice contingent of Heineke fans, family members, oh, yeah. obviously parents and uh, high school football buddies that will get a kick out of going there and hanging out, right? Yeah. Well, I, so I saw – I don't know if you saw, the Falcons actually used him I, as a, a ticket promo. How do you feel about that? I can only imagine. I know you, and I know that that would kind of annoy you. So I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. I saw you. Who would you send that to today? I can't remember who showed uh, I think I think I Zeno think, popped it back up. Oh, Zeno. Yeah. I, I just have never seen them use another – team's player as a ticket promo yeah maybe we should put fabian Moreau on ours <laughs> yeah <laughs> fabian is disappointing to say yeah. that yeah um, have you seen that what do you think about that i saw it and i'll tell you what i think i think mercedes-benz stadium is the worst home field advantage in the history of football so far in the three or four years they've been in in play there's a uh, gorgeous though yeah it's beautiful so <laughs> you have literally priced out a lot of the fans that want to be there and, and cheer. And when Arthur Blank was in, bought the team uh, and, and he had to rent the Georgia Dome from, uh, what was it, the Congress Center or whatever it was, who owned it, the city, uh, He Dick, Dick Sullivan, the mastermind marketer who's with uh, PGA's Tour Superstore now, he dropped ticket prices to $10 per game per seat. And you can get a ticket. You can you can pay. I guess what's that? A hundred bucks a year to go watch your Falcons play from the three hundred level, which was awesome for so many fans, so many families, and so many people. And by the way, Michael Vick was on the team, and soon after that, it was work done. And I guess Peerless Price you can throw on there, and Algie Crumpler, and we just we just had a fun group, and you had you could get anybody in the building. Now you got this state of the art beautiful Mercedes-Benz Stadium and you got PSLs, you got people that got to buy property inside the stadium to get a seat. Then you got to pay the seat licensing and they got to pay for the seat itself for the season. And it is, it's what the NFL has become. It's, Mm -hmm. um, it's unavoidable if you build a new stadium, but that's part of the reason that our stadium has zero home field advantage. So I don't know how Washington travels, Never, I haven't really noticed them before when I played them. No offense to you guys. Um, that's all right. They're not like there hasn't been much to there hasn't been much to see the last 30. (laughs) We're just waiting to come back out. That is insane. By the way, I grew up watching the Redskins and loving John Riggins and um, downtown Charlie Brown and all these different guys because we only got a handful of games on the west coast when I grew up in California. I love the way they played, I love watching them play, and um, and they were good back then. Not so much anymore, and I hope it continues that way for this weekend. I hope you guys get better sooner than later and, and yeah. whatever. But So the, the fans, we're waiting for something to cheer about, I guess I could tell you. We're waiting for a player to grip onto and buy a jersey. We're waiting for Kyle Pitts to do something special. We're waiting for Calvin Ridley to become that number one guy. We're waiting for Foyer, or number 54, to have pick sixes and – 
and murder people over the middle, but I don't know how soon it'll happen. Yeah. yeah. Not blow a Super Bowl lead. Yeah. yeah. One one more thing about Taylor Heineke. You mentioned fa- uh, friends and family. Is there any pressure? Like, I don't know if you going back to Cali, I don't know how many times you played out in Cali during your career, or even going back up near Philly from Villanova. Was there ever pressure to play better, try to be a hero in front of knowing you had like personal friends and family in the stands? So I got a funny story. In my 12 year career, I played one time in uh, Southern California. Really? Was, okay. Well, St. Right. Louis was gone. St. Louis was yeah. St. Louis. So LA was gone. Yeah. Right. I played in San Francisco four or five times. Mm-hmm. Um, Oakland like twice, but all my family's from Southern California. So in like, Oh five, you have to go look it up. Um, I got the Oh five, maybe even Oh eight or Oh nine. I got my first chance to play against the San Diego chargers. Okay. When I, a hundred and like 50 people from orange County high school buddies, family members, in-laws, aunts, uncles, whatever, all came down. And absolutely, you feel it. Um, it's uh, it's special, number one, to have your family see you play in your home, close to your hometown anyway. So it does make a big difference. I had a, I, I had a decent game until I, uh, I ran a curl route and I caught the ball and I tucked it away and I kind of made a move upfield and beat the corner. But as I beat him, he reached up and punched the ball mm. peanut style out of the, out mm. of the back of my arm. <laughs> ran it back pretty good but we ended up winning the game so it didn't hurt us too bad but um it was awesome to have all my friends there and, and family members and everything else so yeah you do think about it pre-game because you got to deal with the hundred fucking tickets you got to buy and everything else <laughs> everybody's blowing your phone up yeah that's right. exactly I'm just right. to focus like crazy call, and, call then, <laughs> and then after that you just kind of go play and then once you make a mistake that's when you think about them again Mm, you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like during the mm-hmm. game, you don't really think about yeah. who's there. You're just playing football. And then you either you make a big play, you think about them, or yeah. you F up and you think about them. Nice. I, I'm definitely hopefully, 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 Josh, not to cut you off. No, you're good. Heineke has a couple what the F moments <laughs> and things about his family. He's going to have like three pylon dives. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. But guys, we're on our next uh, segment. Can you run a little bit? Yeah. Oh yeah, he got yeah. some wheels. Yeah, go watch the tape. He's he he can, <laughs> he's not afraid. He's a small dude, but he's he'll launch yeah, it. Like, I was gonna tell you, watch out for Dion and Foyer. Watch yeah, out. He, oh yeah, he might launch him out of bounds. Uh, so on this next segment called MV3, we're each gonna pick one of our most valuable guys who can impact the game on Sunday. All right, Brian, look at the production. Look at you guys. I love no, it. Stepping up. Just my man. in my little office. <laughs> so, Brian, being the guest, I'll let you pick. Who is the one guy for Atlanta who can really disrupt the game when we look back at that one game-defining moment? Who can be the guy that changes everything on either side All of the right. ball? Obviously, it starts with um, starts with Matt Ryan. I'm not going to make him the guy because it's too easy. Uh, he has to have a big game. This team has to score points. But throughout the course of this guy's career, Calvin Ridley, all mm-hmm. he's done is score touchdowns. I mean, I think he had double-digit touchdowns a couple years ago, eight and nine uh, after that. He just has a a knack for sniffing out the end zone. Um, He concerns me, and he concerned me last week. I don't know if you guys saw it. We had a third and seven play against the Giants. He had a quick little juke route where he came up, came came in, and then back out, and he caught the balls a little bit behind him. He had an opportunity to put his left foot in the ground 
and shoot up field to try to get seven yards instead of five. And he literally stopped, went sideways, fell to the ground. It was quite possibly the most disgusting play I've seen from a receiver in a long time. And I hate to say it because I love Calvin. But in that moment, I was on my phone. I was hitting Twitter. I was sick. And I cannot. Oh, God, it was so frustrating because he's so good. And that stuff can't happen. And the defensive was defense was closing, but give yourself a chance and do that. With that said, I believe in Calvin. He, I don't think he's touched the end zone yet, if I'm not mistaken. I think he had a short one against the Bucks. Yeah, you're right. right. Yeah, 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 that one. Yeah. Diving, yeah, you're exactly right. So he's yeah. got one. But this is a guy that's averaged almost like a touchdown catch every yeah, for sure. 10, 15 catches. So I think Calvin really goes off. I think he has over 100 yards receiving and finds mm-hmm. the end zone again this week. So that's my MVP. MV three, three. Yeah, we'll each have one. Yeah, he's. I mean, our passing defense is third worst in the league, so it wouldn't surprise me at all. Let's go. (laughs) Can we mute his mic? Sorry, it's time to mute the Atlanta mic now. What's that show around the horn? Yep. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, Brian, who's your pick? Uh, We've already talked about him. Chase Young has got to make an impact, and it's not just uh, you know to win the game, but it's uh, to shut people up. I mean, he's got to make a play or two, and. You know, he just hasn't done it this year. I mean, we, the three of us combined have as many sacks as him. He, he's got to get there. And <laughs> I know that there's something to be said about being double teamed and, and being close to the quarterback, but the best pass rushers get there, and he's got to do that. And, you know, the Atlanta offensive line, we've talked about it already. It's it's ripe for picking there. So he, he really has no excuse but to get after Matt Ryan once or twice this week. And he's going to be real, uh, a huge key in this game. Yeah, like I said, if you can't get a pressure on Matt Ryan, there's no way in hell you're going to stop Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers mm. coming up in a few weeks, so good luck there. Um, so mine, I'm going to say Antonio Gibson. You know, if your defense is playing bad, the best way to help your team is to keep him on the sideline and make big plays on offense. So I want to see Antonio uh, Gibson get going even more. It seems like every single week he's slowly coming back. He had that huge touchdown uh, screen last week against the Bills, put that spark in the offense, got things going for Heineke. So – AG, my guy, I'm calling a big week. And what the hell that? that's what he does. He's got the grill, Antonio Gibson. Glee. Yep. Frick <laughs> is up with grills. Seriously. Come what is that man. about? Hey, I I'd get know. one. And last but not least, as we always do in our preview shows, our Monday headlines. <laughs> All right, guys. Monday morning, I think that our defense comes back what we want it to be. Washington Twitter will stop adding all the players and sending out videos and stuff. I think our defensive line causes some havoc, gets to Matt Ryan, makes big plays. I'm, I'm calling for two turnovers on defense. Mm. And I think Washington squeaks this one out. I think it's close. Uh, I'd say like 27, 23 Washington. What do you say, Brian? Murphy. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, until they prove that they can win in Atlanta, which they haven't done since 03, which is – crazy to think about um i i really i have a hard time believing that this defense is going to turn it on for this week i mean what's to say matt ryan doesn't go off and calvin really doesn't go off this week um so until they prove me wrong it's kind of like the giants game a couple weeks ago until you finally beat daniel jones until they finally come down here to atlanta i, I gotta give the nod to atlanta i could see it being a, a field goal game a 27 24 type game but um, you know, I, I'd love the defense to prove me wrong, like you're saying, Josh, but they, they just haven't done it yet. And I don't know that it's just a switch to flip on, unfortunately. So I think we could see vintage Matt Ryan. What about you, Finn? So 
Uh, I think the Falcons have to score a minimum of 28 points in this game to win it. I think the offense is dying to explode, and I hope this week is when it happens. And the headline will not be in the AJC, uh, but it sounds something like Falcons finally fix it and do it in fugly fashion. So (laughs) find a way to win. Pick six for Foye, who I talked about earlier. Matt Ryan throws three touchdowns. Finally, Mike Davis gets in Mm. the end zone, a 30-27 type deal where um, we finally get the offense going and and uh, the defense hangs on for dear life. Hey, well, I wish you the best, uh, guys. Appreciate you coming you on, Ryan. You in the way, by the way. Which is, yeah, it's, been, it's been going and back and forth. It's been, oh. it's been I, saw, I saw Washington minus one and a half today. Yeah. yeah. I, I still I don't like that little half point. That half point's what gets you. I, I'm going over for sure because we're both going to drop like 30-something points. I like um, it. I think that, yeah, the over-under is 48. Absolutely hammer that. <laughs> That's going to happen by halftime, likely. Uh, but, Brian, I appreciate you coming on. It was a pleasure uh, bringing your insight, as always, uh, taking time out to uh, come and stop by. Good luck to you. I'm sure uh, Murphy over there is going to give you some uh, harassing if we end up with the win on Sunday. I know he's going to be there. So send some picks out. We want to see y'all repping, and maybe you can put on a Washington jersey when we win afterwards. That'll never happen. No? <laughs> I'll, make a, I'll make some kind of bet with Murph Dog, but I ain't going to be wearing a Washington jersey. I can okay. promise you that. All right, all right. Awesome. We'll make some happen. I enjoyed. Thank you guys for having me on. Great Thanks job. So nice little podcast, and, uh, and I really enjoyed it. Keep up Thanks, the good man. work on 680. And uh, tell the fans where they can follow you because you, you put out some good stuff on Twitter. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll get a little angry. Um, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at BFIN86. Same on Instagram at BFIN86. Stay out of my DMs and leave me alone. And uh, but respond to my uh, respond to my stuff and let me know how you guys are feeling about Sunday. I'll be there. So it'll be a little slow for me. I have a tough mm-hmm. time social meeting it when I'm at the game. When I'm home watching it on my big screen, oh, I can freaking, I can do yeah. it. But at the game, I'm more I'm super in tune to what's going on. I don't really go to my phone very often. So, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. I think it's I think it's a battle of who wants it more and uh, who's going to show themselves and and who. I mean, it's unfortunate you guys had to go to to. Taylor, but it gives him an opportunity to do something special. And uh, we'll see what happens. And, and uh, kudos to him and his family and an opportunity to play in Atlanta where he grew up. Yep, Brian Fenner had been mossing dudes before it was cool, as he says in his bio. Appreciate you, appreciate you stopping by, and we'll see you all next week to talk about the win. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.